What if we are not alone in the universe? Welcome to the Infinite Mark Podcast. I'm Pete here with Daniel. What's and going we're on? We're back for our usual conversation. What's up, Daniel? I'm 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 uh, having a good day. Had a good workout this evening. <clears throat> Did a little uh, chest, shoulders, and triceps. Feeling loose. Ready to nice. attack this one. Well. I did not work out today. I have been racking my brain all day about last week's question mm. because we touched on a lot of really cool topics last week. But one of the things that I brought up um, and we discussed a little bit was the possibility of alien life out there. And there are some people who are just really bullish on alien life like they just completely believe like yeah there's no way we could be alone whether that's technological alien life or um biological alien life like animals and bacteria yeah um you know there's two different camps in that and then some people think that we might be just the either the first or the only um capable beings of getting to this consciousness uh this technological level it's what definitely do you think? i I tend to go based off of what I know and well, a large part of me goes based off of what I know and what I know is that we are alone. That's what we know so far. Yeah. Okay. The probabilities, the probabilities point in other directions, but even with those probabilities, that's still all we know is that we are the only ones sure there are bacterias out there and there are small single cell organisms floating around most definitely um well we haven't we haven't discovered any like that's speculation still like yeah speculation still of of sure there's a high probability that there are still these organisms floating out there but to our knowledge and to our experience we are still the only ones so i think that thinking about it like that I think is most realistic, but it doesn't make for a very good story, Peter. Sometimes it does, but I feel like Sometimes. a lot of the man versus space or man versus nature stories have just been played out a lot. And I love exploring the idea of alien life because I I'd like, like to think there is. I like to think that there is too. I hope so. I really do hope so. You know, a lot of people would probably be scared if an alien life form came down. I would be one of the people like in the front row trying to see and hope that they're friendly and that they're taking volunteers to come like join the Federation. We're, we're, ho we're hoping it's more of a close encounters of the third kind and in, instead of independence day. Right. I think that's what <laughs> we're all well, that's hoping. What I was just going to say actually is that a lot of the times in Hollywood, we depict aliens as if they were us. We know that we are destructive, that human beings have for like the entire course of history just conquered and destroyed and ruined lives and enslaved and colonized the entire world. And, you know, our, I guess our first thought is that if an, if an alien species that's more technologically advanced than us comes face to face with us, that they're going to take us over because almost every time in history when the more technologically advanced civilization goes up against the less technologically advanced civilization that lesser civilization is wiped off the face of the earth yeah so yeah a lot of projecting. it's only safe to assume that if we encounter aliens especially if they come here that they're probably coming for resources but who knows we we're so close-minded we we think that every other species uh, that's conscious is going to act just like human beings. Well, yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely something you got to take in, into consideration. I, when I think of what type of behaviors or what intent an alien life would have if they visited us, I always think to myself, okay, if they're that technologically advanced that they can travel to our planet, land, have the ability to communicate with us, it would be awfully terrifying to think of a scenario in which that alien species would have malintent and come all of this way just to destroy. It would be like, holy crap, there are beings out there that are that evil, according to us, that destructive in, in just annihilating a species. 
and and be that technologically advanced. That's like worst case scenario, right? They just are they just they they have gotten to the ability of creating that magnificent of technology and they're just destroying civilizations. That's that would that to me is far more unrealistic than the type of species that would come to us, make contact and try and form some sort of mutual mutually beneficial relationship, right? That that would be the best case scenario, whether it's transfer of knowledge or just contact or whatever it might be. So I think that that's kind of the hope is that they're, you know, I don't think there's an in-between. I think if someone's going to travel this far, I think they're either going to come with good news or some real bad news like, hey, we got we to gotta wipe you out. Well, I'm, those are the two options, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I think, okay, so so after we talked last week, you kind of like pitched this idea to me that just blew me away. I really liked the concept and, you know, why don't you, why don't you, yeah, just let's start let's out tell by explaining, us, yeah. explaining the idea. You, you apparently, you thought of this a while back and yeah. my, our conversation kind of re-sparked the idea in your mind and, and I think it's it's pretty cool, but it needs some fleshing out. So let's, let's try to build a story around it because it's right now, it's just kind of a setting. And I think that we can build, we can go in so many different directions and build any type of story within uh, this setting. So why don't yeah, you go yeah, ahead yeah, and yeah. set the stage? Yeah. Let's tell a story here. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. I think it's just set in present time in my mind. Um, I think that the world has, kind of come to a point where well i guess kind of an alternate world if you will but the the world has kind of come to a point where there's a lot of mutually beneficial relationships with between countries war isn't really on the horizon ever there's not a lot of global conflict um there's no there's no tyrannical governments there's no authoritarian regimes it, it, so it, not present time then. Well, an alternate. I'm thinking just in terms of like <laughs> our advancement, you know, like technologically, it's very similar to today. It's just that people have kind of formed, there, there's just a pact. There's just a social pact that has, has formed o o across the globe. It's not that, you know, countries are fully intermingling, but there's just a very beneficial relationship between governments and their people and other, and governments between governments. So it's just a very, it's a very pleasant maybe unrealistic but a very pleasant world that that is existing and um, i don't think that's unrealistic i think that hopefully and we've talked about hope. this in the past too that i'm hopeful that maybe within 10 years we can get to a point where we have maybe 10 or 20 years we where we have some type of cohesiveness we're we're getting there we haven't had the, the yeah, closest that yeah. we have now we still have a lot of tensions between if the IRS them. didn't exist and the Federal Reserve kind of dissolved, yeah, and if Russia doesn't invade Ukraine, sure, yeah, no, there's definitely, um, there's definitely, hopefully, that is a hope. Uh, you can't, you can't do anything but hope, and and yes, fifty years ago we weren't trading with these countries. Now we're trading with them. We have a mutual, a mutual agreement that's like, oh, if we go to war, we're both gonna lose. Like it's not just one. So <laughs> it's like there, where yes. there's incentive not to go to war. So I feel like we're go headed in the right direction. There's just well, let, but there's just, a lot of work still to do. Well let's just switch this let's just make this a geopolitical podcast. How about we do that, Peter? You <laughs> no that's sorry, a, sorry, 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 sorry. No 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 that's so fine. That's, it, it is, uh, the point I was trying to make was maybe this is this is a realistic like 15 years in the future then yes a very hopeful 15 years and <laughs> what happens is um so so yeah this this world exists and there's we setting the stage for this this very pleasant world to live in and and there is a maybe an earthly pride that starts to get created from this everyone you know there's a lot of space exploration and they're you know they're starting to go to some different planets you know there's a base on the moon maybe or or you know they're starting to make contact and form some sort of command on mars and so we do have this this um earthly pride of you know earth yeah we're gonna we're all together we're more cohesive than we've ever been we're combining technologies and yes go earth go earth go earth and we start to pave our path and 
<coughs> in baby ways out into the space out into space but what happens at one point and, th- and this is kind of where this this thought process finishes off at is is we make contact or shall i say that someone makes another species another being out there makes contact with us i don't know how they make contact but they make contact with us and the whole world knows that they've made contact with us and during this contact people don't lose their minds initially there isn't just mass chaos initially but it's understood that we're not alone definitely not alone and there's no denying it and more than anything people feel a sense of extreme insignificance um, that kind of goes counter to that pride that earthly pride that they had and held so deeply Um, not that they didn't think that they were ever going to run into aliens um, or extraterrestrial beings but that when it happened they were completely unprepared psychologically Um, and we can visualize all we want but as soon as they make contact things start to crumble here on earth our relationships even down to the to the family level it just everyone starts to feel this great unease um in regards to having made contact and everything that we've built and they and in my mind they leave initially they they make contact and then they leave and then we're kind of left wondering more and and just kind of getting very frustrated and almost afraid and saddened by this contact ironically somehow um but yeah it, it, this this the kind of the working title that i that i put in my mind is is but a grain of sand and that's what we end up <coughs> excuse me that's what we end up feeling like after this contact is wow we we are we are we are or maybe that's something that they tell us you know you in this universe you are nothing but but a grain of sand imagine a grain of sand in all of your vast oceans and 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 beaches you are just that and nothing more and i think that that kind of sends us into a spiral um which i think is realistic at the same time uh but but yeah it's just kind of a somber yet 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 somehow exciting in a way i don't know yeah i mean i think it's very exciting um but imagine generations of people thinking that they're special and then all of a sudden they find out that they're not yeah it's maybe like not alone in us you know yeah maybe yeah yeah we I mean, it's all we know. There's no other species capable yeah. of what we do other than humans. And so people feel insignificant nowadays, like because the world is so big and there's so many possibilities and people go day to day thinking like, what's my purpose in life? Now imagine, you know, there's, oh, there's another <laughs> thousand different species from a thousand different solar systems that are all intermingled within a galactic empire or a galactic federation. And now you have, congratulations. Now you're the newest uh, least intelligent uh, species to join that addition. Federation. Yeah, New- you are you're at level one. Oh, look at you, level one. Oh, you, you know? guys have nuclear fusion. Oh my god, that's so cute. That yeah, well, I mean, you're exactly right, and people feel that insignificance, even in large families. You yeah. know, even within your own home, if you've got six or seven siblings. You can feel insignificant or, or, you know, in a school, in a workplace, in, in, in any sort of setting. So, yeah, if, you, if, you're, if you're already feeling that way and maybe even if you're artificially inflated with this pride, um, then when your bubble is popped, you certainly, you, you've got a lot to deal with. And I don't think there's anything more insignificant than feeling like a grain of sand in the vast oceans and beaches. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, this story, it can go in a couple different directions <clears throat> and it can even be started a little bit differently, but the well, essential... what direction do you see it headed in? Like you, you imagine this world, did you imagine a character or a scenario in which a specific character might be dropped into? Yeah, I, so stories, I think stories and films, they typically will center on a specific character um, as their main focus. I mean, you got to have somebody on the movie poster, right? Um, but in, a, in an interesting way, have you ever seen um, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? 
nineteen no. like fifty-eight or sixty-one or something like that. <laughs> what it is is it's this movie of all of these characters. Um, they're following. They're all driving along a roadway in the desert in California, mm-hmm. and they're driving along this roadway, and it's super windy. And what happens is this car is being chased by another car and it, and it, and it veers off and shoots off the cliff and crashes. And a bunch of people stop to see what happened and they all get out of their cars and they all look down. They're like, Oh my gosh, this dude just went flying off. And there's a couple eyewitnesses and then a couple more people show up. And eventually there's like 12 people there. Um, yeah, 10 to 12 people there and they're all looking and they, a couple of them go down to the car and there's a dude laying on a rock and he's about to die. And he tells them that he knows where a hundred thousand dollars cash is buried and he tells them it's under a big spoiler. Well, not spoiler, but it's uh, it's under a what big. What year did it come out? <laughs> like nineteen. It's like nineteen sixty-one. Um, but Blizzers. no, it's a it, it's a great movie. It's a mad, 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 mad world, and it's a beaut. It's kind of like rat, it's basically Rat Race was based off of this movie. Okay. The whole style where you see a bunch of people. There's no singular protagonist, but but it's it's kind of this. You're watching an event unfold. And throughout the entire movie, you watch these 10 or 12 people race to where this cash is at. It's a comedy. It's one of the best comedies I've ever watched. And you watch this all unfold and you just kind of see this chaotic event take place. And it's really fun because you get to see all of these different characters and all of these different situations. So in a way, I feel like this movie, in order to witness the variety and plethora of human emotion and and how different people cope with this situation i think it would be nice to see people at different levels of society Hmm. whether it's whether it's a family in poverty the scientist that made contact with the aliens government officials you know military the average folk you know whatever it might be it, it might be cool to see how each peop how each group of people deals with the level of insignificance they now feel because other beings have made contact with us. That's really cool. And yeah. it's definitely a different format than what I'm used to. Um, like an entourage cast and a not traditional like three three act structure. Something similar to maybe crash. Uh, have you seen Crash? Yeah, I have. I have. I Where have. we're introduced to like six different characters and we get to know them all individually and then they all interact with each other at the crucial like climax of the film. Yeah. And something and, like that could be really cool within this world. Yeah, I think it could. But what I want to focus on more than anything else is just why things tend to fall apart. Why Why are things falling apart in this scenario, Peter? If you're sitting here and we're filming this podcast and all of a sudden an event takes place and there's these loud sirens and noises a rumble and you go outside and you look up and it is undeniable that something not from this earth is above us or everyone in the world at the same time has the same dream and that's how they make contact what would you that do would, that's a cool idea what would you do Right. Um, if, if, if we all understand in one way or another that we are not alone, how you know would what's you interesting? Act? Yeah. I have a strange feeling that most people would feel differently, but the next day they'd wake up and they'd go about their normal life and maybe Why? just check the, check the news a little bit more and be like, what's going on with these aliens? Like, oh, I got to get to work. I got to pay rent. Why do you think that? Because that's probably what I would do. What am I going to do? Like, just because an alien ship parks itself, like, freaking down here on uh, above Anchorage Airport, I'm, I'm not going to stop doing living my life and just sit there and stare at it and be like, Ugh. would you, though? I would be really cool. I would be really freaked out. I'd be probably surfing the Internet, trying to find out as much information as possible. Uh, like super research mode. That's that's probably what I would do. And there'd be so much BS out there, though. There'd be so much speculation and so much. I feel like I don't know. I I feel like I. I feel like a lot of people would just go into. Just go into full, panic mode. 
even if the aliens came down and said that they were peaceful and that they, that they're well welcome into the federation of of planets of the milky way galaxy also by the way english is the normal language of the of the federation it's just the easiest language to understand oh even a, oh even gosh. an idiot can understand it <laughs> oh my gosh I don't know. I want to. I want to hear more. What, what? What would your? You would just go into research mode. I mean, I feel like there would be some sort of shift in perspective. You know, well, like I'm, me personally, I'm partially expecting that to happen here in the next ten years, anyway. So, oh my gosh, it wouldn't. It. I wouldn't be Why? surprised just from my perspective. Well, I don't why? know. I don't know. I'm hopeful. I guess. Do you? Do you understand how lucky? We would be that in the in the span of human history, we are the ones. That would be crazy. It'd be a cool time to live, man. It it is a cool time to live. <clears throat> I think but that that would. There's there's you know there's been a lot of UFO uh, sightings and declassifications now, um, uh, all over from the government and. I don't know. I, I guess I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm skeptical, hopeful. Like this is, I just am living my life though. Like I'm just wondering about the world. I, and then, but I don't stop living my life. If aliens come, I'll probably, unless another opportunity presents itself to make my life and my family's life more prosperous, I'll pro I would probably just try to live the best life that I could live like, and maybe I'll be living next to an alien and I don't know. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, you know, I think humans are very good. We are very good at putting things into perspective and, and justifying why certain things occur. But so, so I'm just one person though, the mob, yeah. the mob, once, once a panic starts, even a calm person will panic. So if I see people running in the streets, like, ah! like grabbing their kids and their stuff, like, ah, get the gas. We got to get out of here. They're coming. I'd probably be like, babe, get the <laughs> once, kids. Get the once, gas. Once you see the toilet paper flying on the shelves, you know, it's getting bad. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, that, that, I think that as a, as a species, we might fall apart because when tensions are high, especially if, there are tensions already between countries or maybe there are cultures that don't technically mesh, but they, but they um, tolerate each other like in this proposed world. And then a third party comes in to like, just shake things up. I feel like maybe tensions could break and then, then get what on if each other's nerves, you know? So then what if accidentally shoot a nuke? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oops. The automated system did its, did its thing. Um, then what if, what if it's what they tell us then? Let's, let's think about what, what would be told to us that would put us in a panic. What would the aliens say other than maybe just the insignificance? Maybe they say something more. Maybe they say we don't make it very far or that, that, earth is this is the same there's been millions of earths and they they don't quite make it past our point and it's kind of like a, a test like a hey warning yeah like a warning like you are now you've achieved <clears throat> technologically what millions of other earth clones have also achieved you know the next 10 years are extremely crucial goodbye what are you gonna do with it we gonna then... do about it we follow and then so oh, that's that's beautiful i like that i like that idea a lot because then from there that's kind of sets the stage we have a time period we have a goal that we're going to reach we have a scenario that we're going to live through and maybe and now big... we can choose characters throughout the time and cut through time or back in time we can even make it really cerebral but i think that maybe i would probably pick personally four or five characters if you want to go with the entourage um, yeah. from different yeah. class structures and just kind of jump through time seeing how they're how they're reacting to it and then maybe they all come together at some point at the end in a crucial moment yeah and we could you know the doomsday clock yeah Have you heard of the Do yeah so there could be something like that like like 10 years from today 
is where your species like without fail like for some reason it's literally at a single point in time that that it happens or something like that so that there is this countdown maybe you know that that people have in their minds and it's kind of more physical they can see time they can see time going by and they're like oh no Hmm. you know we have two years two years is all we have or something like that well can these aliens see into time or are they just within our dimension where they they can just predict like hey within 10 years you guys are going to destroy yourselves unless you get your shit together and you and by the way, we're here. We've been watching this whole time. And if you don't get your shit together, then you're just going to end up dying by yourselves. And if you do get your shit together, then you can come join us and we'll help expand your minds. And then, okay, see you in 10 years. And then we're just like, because now there are scientists telling us, hey, you need to get your shit together. And there are politicians telling us, hey, you need to get your shit together. And, you know, we do (laughs) in a lot of different ways, but we're not because there isn't daddy here telling us like, like if there was that third party, someone who's an uh, literally a higher power than us telling us, Hey, you guys can't figure it out by yourself. Let me step in and just give you a little warning. Maybe. Ooh. Okay. I like that. Okay. Thank you, Peter. How about this? They come and they tell us, Hey, you're, you're in a good position. But it is, it is, t- to our knowledge, and we've seen societies like yours time and time again, it's at this point that it's critical. This is the critical mass, right? This is where you either leap or you fall back and either kill yourselves entirely or set yourselves back thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So with that knowledge of knowing, we either bounce forward and we do amazing things, a leap in 10 years, or we've got this 10-year time period. I think what what that could mean is we're like, wait, we already have our stuff together. What could happen to us in the next 10 years? And so we start to speculate on where our weaknesses are as mm-hmm. societies. And so we start to kind of make lists and checklists like, okay, let's not destroy ourselves in the next 10 years. What's weak? These relationships, maybe the oceans aren't clean enough. Maybe the air isn't clean enough. Maybe there's going to be a pandemic. Let's, you know, keep things, you know, clean and everyone stay healthy. You know, like we're preparing for this event that's going to take place that's supposed to take us out. And so we get into this preparation mode and we kind of like disinfect society from its weaknesses. And then, <coughs> excuse me. And then maybe what happens is the tensions start to rise and we start looking in the wrong places and we start kind of destabilizing a bit by, by becoming paranoid about what our weaknesses might be. And an, an extraterrestrial being who is part of the original contact party maybe comes back and meets with a singular person or a group of people and says, look, I've seen this happen too many times before. And you guys are in a really good position. Let me show you what has happened to societies. And they maybe actually show them footage or, or show them literally what happened to other societies at this critical point. And these people are they going to give them, are they going to give human beings like the answer? Like, I isn't think this they the do. Point? Yeah, I but think... isn't this the point at which we need to be proving ourselves that we are worthy? And that's the ticker. I think that that is why we're like, hey, we're going to prepare, we're preparing, we're preparing. But then it starts to destabilize and we're like, wait, no, we should be doing this. No, we should be doing this. And we start to disagree about where we might fail. Yeah. And then I think that, and then I think since we start to disagree about where we might fail, it's like picture a super athlete. And then these scientists are kind of combing through the body and it's like, no, he might fail here. No, his leg's going to be too weak. No, we need to strengthen this part. And before you know it, he's off balanced. And then he begins to kind of go downhill and, and regress. So maybe they see that. One of the aliens sees that and says, let me show them. I'm going to take it upon myself to show them. I'm going to break protocol and show them how these other societies failed and so, <laughs> but I don't know what that would look like. I don't know what, 
Yeah. I don't know what would be I think be that's shown. a really cool I I think that's a really cool idea. I in my mind I where my mind was headed um I thought it would be a cool idea to have Earth fail at the end. Oh me too. So an so the ET the alien comes down like maybe finds some of the more prominent more influential people and tries to help them coerce the rest of humanity into doing something specific which then maybe that even probably raises the tensions even a little bit more i think it maybe backfires and this is why star trek has the prime directive because if a, if a, a species isn't psychologically ready to be told this then they'll just implode and so by coming down and helping they inevitably sealed the doom of humanity and the rest of the aliens just sit and watch watch us just destroy ourselves and they're like i guess those earth apes weren't uh weren't as smart as everyone thought they were (laughs) yeah yeah i i think that's exactly right i think that making contact or trying to change the outcome of of an event by telling somebody how they're going to die essentially is just not going to be conducive in allowing them to make it out themselves. It'll be kind of a lesson in they're ready too soon or, or, you know, it's too early to, or, or don't get ahead of yourselves or, you know, don't give a baby a handgun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Or don't, don't tell the person who's on the edge exactly how close they are, you know? Because if like, they haven't looked down yet, they don't you know really, they're, they're, where, you know, they might be reaching. You know, that's that might be a good analogy. You know, you're on the edge of a cliff. You don't know how close you are to going over. But in front of you is something you really want and you really need. And you're kind of taking a little step closer and closer. And you're very close to grabbing that. But you don't know how close you are. If you knew how close you are, you'd probably get nervous and you'd probably lose your footing and then fall and you'd never be able to reach that thing that was just in front of you that was within your reach. Mm -hmm. But because you didn't realize how close you were, it was giving you that confidence, you know, of saying, hey, I can reach that thing. When technically there is no problem, you will have just you will have enough space to get to the edge without falling. But eventually you know, you are going to, you're going to get that. But if somebody says, Hey, take a look down, you're going to get down and then don't look down and then you go up (laughs) and then you, you lose your footing. So yeah, I think that is a good analogy for this scenario. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think they show them? Maybe what does this extraterrestrial being show human beings or a group of the human beings, the leaders, the, what takes place? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they show them maybe it looks just like them. Like it looks it's like a green version of them <laughs> or like a I don't know, blue maybe, version of them. Maybe they show them maybe they show them like something traumatic, like it's maybe it's all psychological. Maybe they don't destroy themselves with things. Maybe it's it's they themselves. Maybe they're just not as advanced mentally. And so what they see is just a mental breakdown, essentially. Just a global mental breakdown. Hmm. Which is which is which is scary because you know, you tell somebody they're insignificant or you tell them that you're gonna die if you don't if you don't uh you know do something right in the short term. Maybe, hmm, maybe. Okay, I think that if we need to pivot, sorry, I'm moving far away from my mic. I think we need to pivot because- Okay, let's pivot. I think a way to come, to naturally come up with this instead of racking our brain about about it would be to come up with a character. So I know you, you said- you thought of like maybe five or six or 10 like entourage of characters going through something. I love coming up with potential characters and then like weeding people out or adding people in, but like 
to me, the character really drives the story forward. So if we define at least one main character just to start out and somebody who's going to be making decisions and, and actually making changes within the world, like somebody mm. influential or maybe someone who's not influential, who becomes influential, but um, maybe maybe a nobody a journey, maybe maybe they contact a nobody. And somehow they have to convince other people that they know how everyone fails. Yeah, because why wouldn't they contact like a world leader? They contact like some kid in his basement or something. Yeah, I, I think they do that. I think the extraterrestrial being does that because maybe that's part of the test. Hmm. Can society believe one person? Maybe it's all part of the plan. And we don't know that till the very end, but maybe that extraterrestrial being goes, oh, this isn't part of the plan, but this is how you end up failing. And so they tell one person and maybe everyone else has failed because all the other societies weren't able to believe one person. I'm about to get kind of biblical right here because this oh. is kind of like similar to this, the story of Christ, I think. Like... Dude. If one person came out and said, I'm actually the new Jesus. Like, I am Jesus again. I was born again. Like, it's mm -hmm. me. Hey, mm -hmm. guys, it's been 2,000 years. Have you missed me? And would I believe him? Like, or would you believe him? You know, what? what's to say? I yeah. mean, you know, who's to say other prophets that came after him or before him weren't the real thing and, and not him, you know, it's we're, we're, we're trusting the word of a person and of firsthand accounts of that person. Yeah. So it's faith. Yeah. So maybe one person, if one person comes out and says, look, the aliens contacted me directly and this is what they told me we needed to do. Maybe half the population would like worship him and the other half would like Maybe. smite him. Maybe he has one thing that sets him apart from all the other fake prophets. Right? What if they come to him and they say, this is, this is what happens. And it starts to unfold. Why me? Why this? Uh, you know, friends, should I say something? Dude, you're, are you sure you're not going crazy? There's so many people that are coming out saying that they know what causes it. There's so many scientists already working on this exact problem. You know, why are they going to believe you? And maybe he, maybe he can show them, maybe he can show them like some piece of technology that proves that, that, that he, they talked to him. And so they're like, oh, is that piece of technology real? Is this, this, this? And then he has a moment, a chance to talk to the world leaders. And he goes, look, this is what they told me. And then I think this kind of this story of can we trust this person? Do we have faith in what they're saying? Should we do what they're saying we should do? That, <laughs> that could become really cool. That could become a really cool story of trusting like you said trusting the word of somebody and society having faith in this individual you know of we believe we believe you yes mm -hmm. we do need to do this thing but all the other societies didn't believe them and then they ended up failing so that would be a really cool way to make the small man like everyone on earth has to has to believe I don't know yeah, how because they, they all have to get behind the plan. What would the plan be? Maybe everyone in the world has to do something specific. Maybe this guy is German and he's in his 80s and he holds um, a conference every year about climate change. I'm just kidding. Oh, my. <laughs> Why didn't you say a 16-year-old girl, a 15-year-old girl that does this? <laughs> we can German. We can uh, forget it. Um, no, no, no. I, I, I do... Actually, I kind of like that. An old German scientist. Hmm, that I could know. be cool. Yeah, just kind of older, super wise. Are, are you being sarcastic? No, I I do like that. It's just very like eerily close to, you know, other personalities. I don't want to. I don't want to go into a story trying to mimic uh, oh. a real life person and who's prominent in. Is there? Um. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, so maybe just somebody older. Maybe like an older man. Um, I don't know necessarily. That what... might be really cool because 
I feel like when people get older, they're almost not heard anymore. Um, to a certain extent, yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're the most wise people and most experienced people in the room, but sometimes they're just talked over and they're looked past. And, and he's super like, sharp. Oh, well, they're weak and frail. Let's, let's take care of them. And we'll, us adults will do. Okay, what Grandpa. We're nice story. Nice story, Grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe he could be super sharp. He's super sharp, super witty. Like he's on top of it. And I think that maybe even in his mind, he says, why even try and convince the world like I'm so old, like I might even die soon. You know, there can be some sort of thought process there. Like, why continue this journey? You know, maybe I just let the world die. You know, like maybe he actually has kind of like some sort of internal battle of what's the point? I'm old. We're not going to exist anyways. This alien just told me that no one succeeds Maybe he has to get. Dude, every so we gotta open the story like kind of like up, where we show him and how he's just this nasty like, get off my property like dang kids, and he just like hates people. He's like he just wants to be alone. He's nihilistic, like, alone. I super hate nihilistic. Yeah, yeah, super so nihilistic. When, Dude, yeah, so when yeah. the aliens come down, they're like, hey, the whole Earth's gonna get destroyed unless you do this. He's probably like, good, good. let him burn. <laughs> let this damn place burn. Yeah, maybe that's his first reaction. And then maybe that's to, like, part come. of the test is they go to a super nihilistic person. They create basically an impossible scenario for a society to succeed. <clears throat> Take a super nihilistic older gentleman who just kind of hates how the world is and tries to get him to convince the world to do to all do something at the same time. Dude, maybe the thing that he has to convince everyone to do is like burn all their possessions or like delete wall street or like some sh some show of you of ultimate unity of ultimate trust of ultimate value everyone has to like hug each other at the same time and then <laughs> no no no. but the great leap right that and if one person doesn't hug then instant annihilation <laughs> no 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 um but but it has to be like because if they succeed they leap forward technologically right so there's something that has to happen that is going to provide them with either insight or techno or unlock a technology that <clears throat> that saves them that gives them that next millennia to to progress so what could he have to convince everyone of that 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 then opens up this great leap forward is it a does the it needs to be Everyone needs to download the Aliens app on their phone. Oh my gosh. But it costs one ninety nine on the App Store. And it's not on the Play Store on for, for Android. <laughs> so everyone it's, has to get an iPhone. So everyone has to buy it. It was just an Apple. It was just a big scam by Apple to get every fucking <laughs> It's a ploy. Oh Dude, it's a one big the hologram glitches and you see an Apple logo and people are like, wait, what? <laughs> And then this one conspiracy be, See, that would be a funny skit if we've set this Dude. whole like dramatic stage and then we went in that direction. But There's one conspiracy theorist who like sees an Apple logo in the bottom of the ship. He's like, look, if you look at it from this angle, and he's like, oh, shut up. Shut up, shut Fred. Up. Oh there goes God. Fred again. With his Apple logo conspiracies. <sighs> no, no, no. Let's, let's think. Let's think, Peter. What could everyone have to do to unlock the great leap forward? Well, maybe the great leap forward is like an altruistic feeling that everyone gets. It's maybe not even technological. And maybe it's that feeling that everyone needs to get first before they can achieve that technological advancement. Maybe they're first unlocking a mentality before the technology. I feel like this is a really hard subject matter you know what 
is going to save humanity is really what we're asking. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. We make, maybe we make the story about the old man's journey and we make the actual thing something that's actually, I don't know. What if we never know? Simpler, you know? Should we make it unknown? Mm, that could be cool. Like, it's like an like, encrypt, encrypted message, and he doesn't even read it, and he just hands it to somebody. <laughs> or maybe no, he has because he has to. He has to learn that the world is worth saving, and he has to go on a journey to try to find the right people to try to change the world. See, now I'm thinking that he should succeed. <laughs> we're see because we're developing this character in this world. Maybe we don't know if he succeeds. Maybe he's trying and trying and trying to get in front of the right people, to talk to the right people. He has this thing that they gave him, this this piece he needs to... Con what if that's all? What if he needs to convince them that that thing actually came from the aliens? And he's like trying, calling people, trying to get in front of it. And then maybe towards the end of the story, he gets in front <clears throat> of the world... You know, he gets on a world stage or he gets he finally gets to go to a meeting of all these world leaders. UN. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Like, imagine, like, I imagine him maybe coming from upstate New York. He travels down through the mountains and then he gets into Manhattan and then he goes to the UN and everybody's there and everyone's like, rah, 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 rah. What's, what are we going to do with the aliens? And he is a third party who doesn't, is, he doesn't represent any like politics he just comes up and says they talked to me this is what they told me and then maybe the people of earth figure it out but he walks away and then maybe continues his life having what if, learned what if he walks or, in to this giant arena of people talking with all these world leaders and he kind of walks and he's able to part the seas with this piece of technology that he has whatever it might be that's kind of his ticket in what about the whole what if the whole movie is kind of centered around his difficulty coming to terms with not being so nihilistic and wanting the world to just fail, but actually seeing that there's value? Maybe he goes on a journey and sees value in people along the way, you know, a little kid, a family member. Wait, I just thought of something. Okay. The technology that he is given doesn't work when he gets it until he feels true love and empathy for his fellow man. And that's what fuels the technology. And so he has to show the, huh? The Grinch. His heart grows when he. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. Like that. Maybe it could be something that actually could make a, a difference something that's very powerful but you have to have good intentions in order to use it if you ha or have any ill intentions while you're trying to use this technology it won't work for you so it maybe can feed it it it, it like reads feeds, your brain waves off of like good intentions maybe that maybe that's not what powers it but maybe it's almost like one of the breathalyzer things that's what makes it work car. yeah that's that you can't use it. It will deactivate if you have any ill intentions while you're using the technology. And so if you like, you have to like, what if you have to like state your intent or something like, I, I, who cares? Yeah, we're trying to figure out how an alien technology works. What if, yeah, I like that. I like that. And he has to, yeah, he has to maybe repair some relationships. He needs to, you know, yeah, maybe his kids, maybe there's like a rough relationship with his kids that he needs to fix even in his late age. Some friends that he reconnects with. Maybe he has to reconcile or come to terms with his wife's death or something like that. Um, that maybe he was... Uppy. Maybe that he was partially responsible for. Uh, okay, another layer too deep. Um, but maybe, yeah, no, it could be. I like going deep with characters. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking maybe he never had a family. He never got married. He never had kids. He's just a lonely man who's bitter because he hates people. And so along his journey, maybe he meets like a little girl or like a family, and he, and then after he delivers the message, maybe he goes back and he like is a grandfather to those to that family because he wants to be a part of somebody now. Maybe well, as the live in the present, you know, live in the present instead of being all grumpy and anxious about the future. Maybe as the world starts to destabilize, 
society becomes chaotic and maybe there's like a little girl that is just abandoned or runs away from home and she's kind of like a know-it-all do you have you ever seen leon the professional yeah that's a oh, great film, yeah man. buddy that's, that's a, a real good i'm thinking like a natalie portman you know like her little character in there she's like a little miss know-it-all little yeah street dweller and she she kind of maybe pairs up with him in a way and that might be a really cool dynamic a young girl and a super old man and she like really believes him you know yeah. and is kind of like the only one she's the along, only one that believes along him. the journey along the journey along the journey she's with him the entire time and so as he has this technology and as he learns how to use it and as he understands what makes it work what if that small thing it what if when once everybody feels altruism it it is the technology that gives them the great leap forward. It unlocks all these blueprints for technologies that they give humanity. So, so when he's in that massive arena with all of those world leaders, the elites, and he explains to him and gives him this monologue of how he's changed and that this thing vibrates or lights up when I feel good intentions. What if he says, what if we all just thought of a time or all had good intentions here in this arena what if we all just set aside our hidden agendas and this and that and and as he as everyone starts to sit there it starts lighting up meaning all the elites and world leaders in the room are now changing as people because of this old man journey that he's sharing and so this technology starts to unlock and he's like, oh my gosh, and everyone in the room sees it and they all start to believe and all these good intentions are flowing from them. They're like, man, I was going to take this country and I was going to invade if shit hit the fan. But you know what? Let me just for a moment be peaceful. Let my intentions be pure. And so with all of the world leaders in there, of the people that would be corrupt and that could destroy the world, all become holy no i'm kidding they all become very altruistic and very like yes we believe you we're gonna think like you for right now and then they all see this technology expand and open and maybe just display light speed warp speed technology and display you know um the, the ultimate medicine that cures all sickness and and it starts to show them these great things and then it like people see it and they're all looking at it in this theater and they're like oh my gosh look at all these technologies that this thing unlocked because of our good intentions then it goes back to the box into this man's hand and everyone's because everyone's like how can i use this for myself yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then everyone yes peter their first thought is like, wow, we've come together as a as a world and we have this awesome stuff. And these good intentions. How can oh. I use it for myself though? Yes. Oh, and warp then, speed. Yeah, just maybe you see, maybe you then, see. And, some... then the, and then the ships just go and they leave. And everyone just starts yelling at each other. And then the old man just goes back to the family that he that he uh met and he just lives a normal old man life and takes care of him <laughs> and and the rest of the world burns it's kind of a cool ending dude that's <laughs> so sick dude they all for just a moment became pure with their intentions and as they see what could be possible with their good intentions it sucks back up and goes into this man's hand and then they just start arguing and yelling at each other indiscriminately. Dude, maybe what even a... somebody jumps over the aisle and starts punching another person. <laughs> yeah, very Eastern European. Um, dude, that is that's epic. That's a that's pretty a... cool story. And we just that's less than an hour. We've got like a lot of the main beats of the story and a lot of the characters. Peter, Peter, Peter. That's that, pretty cool. That, the, the message there is almost <clears throat> the message is maybe the <laughs> We're message is like speechless that we just came up with. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that, that's that... cool. That's cool. That's a really cool moment, Peter. I, I think that <clears throat> the message there is something along the lines of, you know, even if we saw what we could have, 
if we were pure hearted, who's to say we do good with that, with those things, you know, if, if well, for even a those, even those with good intentions can, can ruin things, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, even if you have good intentions, you can destroy things. And I think everyone for a moment got to see what was possible. Mm-hmm. But but in an instant it wasn't because of the because of human nature because of you know and who's to say maybe that was the furthest that anyone had gotten and we made you know a, a step in the right direction but maybe as he kind of looks around but I think the key is is that when he gets there all of his through all his journey he gets to this moment where he gets to share it with all these world leaders and he sees it happening and he gets excited and he smiles. And he looks around and he's like, we've done it. And he looks at the little girl and the little girl's looking up at this hologram. It's lighting up the room. And then everyone, and then people start writing things down and they start making phone calls or something like that. And then it's, and then it disappears and they're like, wait, ah, and they start arguing again. Maybe he doesn't lose his smile, you know, because, because it's not, it's not that he felt like he needed to save the world. He just wanted to complete his mission and on his way to saving the world, he saved himself. And that's, and that's the, you know, that's what kind of hits home is it's like, I saved my own self from my own inner demons. And even if the world isn't going to join me, it doesn't matter. I carved out a piece of peace. You know, I, I, I've, I, I now have this great weight lifted and even if the world is now going to burn, at least I have formed one good relationship as a result. And it's just like the most nihilistic man who would have had all the chances went, didn't succeed, but is now just as happy as he was on his journey there, you know? And it's the old man got what he wanted, even though, you know, the world now is headed in the wrong direction. You know, he, he at let least... me visualize that for you, the... please. We see a medium shot of the man and the girl. They're looking <clears throat> up at the beautiful holographic display. And then, like you said, people start making phone calls. There's there's commotion and then it gets smaller and then it goes back in and it gets completely dark again. The, the orb, whatever he has completely off like it was before, before he found himself mm-hmm. and everyone starts yelling and everyone, everybody starts freaking out. And like you said, he's smiling and we see a close up of him smiling and he looks down at the little girl and she smiles up at him and they kind of shake their heads like huh, idiots. And then he drops it to the floor and we see it fall to the floor and it is in focus. And the, him and the little girl are leaving. And as they're walking out, he like puts his arm around her and you see it light up just a little bit because he still has good intentions yeah and yes yes i love it i just got the chills when you're describing that (laughs) um good thing my nips are below the camera angle here um (laughs) you just took it to a whole nother level bro um no i i think that that's I think that that's super special. That's such a tender moment. It's, it takes it from the largest scale possible to the, to the, to the smallest scale possible showing that the relationship between an old nihilistic man and a super optimistic girl, which would be, which would be the perfect pairing right off the bat too. when they meet just ultimate optimism and, and ultimate pessimism meeting and finding and finding and finding enough in each other to help each other you know and and maybe maybe along the way her naivety you know how naive she is he kind of helps her out a little bit with a little bit of pessimism in a way you know kind of like not like ultimate optimism but maybe they help each other in that small way of not being so much on the extreme end but i like that i like that visual of him just kind of dropping it and as he puts, you know, his hand over her, that orb lights up or maybe, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the perfect way to end it. It's or just, he says like, come on, let's go home. And then he goes, mm. 
Who needs um, and why am I picturing Robert De Niro and Millie Bobby Brown as the two characters? I don't know if that's what you're thinking. But... <laughs> I was just thinking of I was just thinking of um, Leon the Professional. Leon the Professional. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a really awesome uh, story that is a, a good inspiration for this for this relationship. Yeah. Nihilistic yeah. hitman and the optimistic go getter. So yeah, yeah. It would be it would be a good one to study for as kind of like a character experiments to try to get some type of like inspiration into writing this character like and another another way to get some good inspiration is to like think about your relationships like within your family or like people that Mm. you know like i i don't know how many times i go to my family or some close friends that i met in, in the marine corps as like inspiration i basically take three people who I know and just combine them down into this one, you know, combine the the best of this person this time and the worst of that person the other time. Yeah. You can make a lot of comment character combinations. Oh yeah. Wow. This is going to be a cool story. I think that, um, you know, after this podcast, I'm going to write it all out and kind of make it, make it into kind of a, a cohesive outline. I'm a very organized person when it comes to mm-hmm. that. I, I like, I make so many different like iterations of an outline before I even start writing a script. And then I think uh, in the future, we can get on here again and um, maybe dive deeper into the actual beats of the story if you because i think this is definitely worth moving forward on uh Mm. it's a really cool story with a really awesome message and theme and really you know interesting characters right off the bat we haven't even you know dove deep into into the weeds of the story yet like the actual beats the actual interactions between people the dialogue the the wittiness, mm-hmm. you know, the banter between the two characters and forming their personalities. And you it's, can, it's a, and, and that journey with those two characters are, is so, it's so meaningful, right? Old and young, optimistic, pessimistic, energetic, not so energetic. I think that there can be so many great conversations between these two characters. I think these two characters could be focused on very, very heavily. You know, I, I don't think that much needs to happen outside of their journey. You know, I, I, I it, there's just such a powerful dynamic, you know, with a purpose. And it's kind of the old man's, maybe, depending on what he did in life as a job, you know, maybe this can be his last great journey, you know, his last great achievement. It's kind of his a way for him to finally be happy with himself, you know, that he, that he looked at the world in an optimistic way for the first time. And, and even if it is towards the end of his life, he feels, he feels that, um, that great satisfaction of, of trying, even though, you know, his entire life was a mistake or, or was lonely. Um, yeah. Wow. I think no, a lot of people deep. will be able to relate to to you know some of the, his character traits. And oh, I think totally. They're both really empathetic characters because they're kind of a yin yang, you know, duo. So. Why save the world if the world's always treated you poorly? Yeah. And I think that I think that the answer is because it's never too late. You know, to it's never too late. To feel accomplished and 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 make a friend, and to yeah, and to experience love, and to experience love even if it's for a little naive girl who, a little naive girl who who kind of is annoyingly optimistic at, at, in in the in the beginning, but just wanted a that father figure or that that kind of that guide to show her what's possible, and then mm-hmm. have a good role model you know for her to look up to so. Wow, this is actually, and you know, they say uh, to write what you know, and this is actually interesting because we both have daughters, very young daughters. So I think that's probably where our brains first went, just because of that, like subconsciously, like Mm -hmm. uh, an older man and and a young girl, and it's like that's father, father, daughter. It's it's, I'm always thinking about my future with my daughter and and how how I'm going to, what kind of father I'm going to be, what kind of role model I'm going to be to her. So I think that's kind of a, 
you know, uh, that's why storytellers write what they know, write mm -hmm. who they are. It's kind of comes out of you. Awesome. Well, this has yeah. been a really good conversation, a really good tor a storytelling episode. I almost said Tori Stelling. Um, a really good storytelling episode with a lot of depth and very, I don't know, I felt very involved. We hit a little bit of a lull there, but your pivot, I think, was perfect. It was at the perfect time. And that's, um, and that's live storytelling. You know, a lot of, to my knowledge, no one's really doing this. So, so to be able to kind of develop a story, a script, a, a movie with these visuals on the spot, it's gonna, it's just a little, it's just a little taste of what happens in my own mind. And I know in your mind and that little lull doesn't, isn't five minutes. It's like days and weeks and months. So, yeah. so it, it's fun for those of you watching and listening. It, it's, it was cool for you to even hear that part, you know, where do we go from here? What's, you know, that, that figuring out, you know, you feel like there's no direction, but all of a sudden it, it, it swings back around. So that's kind of, that's what we're doing with this podcast and with Infinite Mark Studios is we are asking questions. Um, we are telling stories and we are trying to dive a little bit deeper into human nature, into um, just filmmaking and art and expanding it and twisting it because that's what you need to do. Um, if, if we're going to find anything of value in stories and in art. So mm -hmm. we got to ask the tough questions. We got to answer them truthfully and we've got to just talk about it and discuss it and tell stories about it and, and relate to it. And I think that's, I think that's what we accomplished. So thank you for joining us on that journey. Um, because that was a good one and, uh, you can, Peter, what's the Instagram? Infinite Mark Studios. Infinite Mark Studios on Instagram. You can follow us here on this YouTube channel. We got plenty of shorts uploaded, clips that you can share. And uh, yeah, just comment, subscribe, share the videos around, and uh, we'll just continue to tell stories. Me and Peter are going to be meeting up in person. We're building a studio in a couple months. We'll be, we'll be at the same table, and uh, we'll just continue the same process, but with a little bit more elegance. Yeah. And let us know if you want to hear more of this story that we talked about today, because it's, uh, I think it's a pretty strong one. So if you guys want to hear, uh, you know, the extension uh, of this story of this foundation that we created, then let us know, because I definitely want to revisit it. Yeah, me too. Uh, cool. Perfect. Well, we'll see you on the next one. All right. Take it easy. See you.